0: Hello, everyone. This is Kerwin, and welcome to another episode of What's Happening Travel with Kushu and Kerwin. Kushu is not here today. So, uh, my background today is actually I'm taking off out of Miami. I think I was heading to Jamaica on this flight, and it's the background of I think this is a Palmetto. It's really that highway that runs around um, the Miami International Airport. So, it's just all that uh all the two highways crossing so it's like a four-lane uh four cross thing with a lot of highway turns and things like that around it um this is episode 119 and today uh well before I start I wanted to answer a question or two from the previous episode 118 uh somebody asked um just listened to the podcast and had some questions how often do flight attendants undergo safety training? Imagine they must take refresher courses periodically. Typically, it's every year. And uh, they go pretty much a rigorous training to make sure um, you know, if they're anything that's new, and also that they can do whatever they could have done or was trained to do. Uh, this may vary by airlines. Some airlines may have slightly different standards. But I think the FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Administration, Requires them to be done, I think, at least one year. If I'm incorrect, somebody please let me know. Uh, the other question was, um, if Alaska loses money because they had to pull the max out of service, which they did, does Boeing have to compensate that loss? Um, I think you said I made it sound that Boeing was losing because the max is grounded. Well, Boeing is losing money because the max is grounded. Yes. And, and there is some level of compensation that, that the airline manufacturers have to give the airlines uh when things like this happens i would wager that it's different for every airline because all the airlines have different deals with the uh with the manufacturer um but the manufacturer would be held somewhat liable um you know for revenue that's lost because the airplane is is defective hope that answers those questions and if um. If anyone has anything else to add, please leave me a note or send me a message, and I'll include that in the in the next episode. Uh, today's episode, I wanted to concentrate on something that uh, bugs me in the airline industry, and um, it actually bugs everyone who, typically, looks like I do. Uh, our industry is um, weird. For want of a better word, if if you walk through an airport, you will definitely see what I mean. The people on the front line are typically minorities. Um, I I don't know why that is, but that but that is the case. Uh, and and this happens. Uh, just walk to any any American airport, and you can see what I'm talking about. The now when I say the front line, I'm talking about the people that you see, like the ticket agents the ground handling agents and things like that Um, however if you were to go to the websites of the airlines which I've done and uh, this is typical across not just the airlines the rest of the industry but if you go and look at the airlines uh, website and uh, look at their leadership the leadership does not reflect what you see um, when you go to the airport um and I, I did some numbers just so you get an idea of, of what I of what I'm talking about and it's not shocking um it's just annoying when you when you think about it now having worked in the, in the industry and in corporate uh what what you find is when you look through the ranks you will find there's a lot of minorities on the front line then when you go, Inside the company, you know, the, the people who do the behind the scenes work, the people you never see, uh, there are not a lot of minorities in there either. And the ones that are there, they tend not to move throughout the company. So they will always be the senior analysts, uh, the analysts, the, the, um, the low level managers. But typically... They get capped at the low level manager, so you see very few that will go beyond that to like the director level and the senior directors uh, and things like that. So when you go further the further up the scale you go, the least the less amount of minority uh, the least amount of minorities you end up seeing in the company. So what happens is when they try to promote from within, the pool of candidates is oftentimes not there. Now, what usually happens in a lot of companies, somebody higher up takes uh, uh, somebody lower down and they kind of take them under their wing. And So that helps them move them through the company uh, because you're coaching them to be a future leader. Um, sometimes what happens is whenever the minority is moved to the top or as far as they can go in the company, well, typically to the top, um, there's so much pressure on them to find other minorities, um, or to not look like they're favoring a minority, that sometimes nothing happens. So they get to a position and they, they feel trapped, or their hands are tied, because they feel if they help a minority, somebody's going to say, you're helping them because they're a minority. And then if they don't help the minority, the might is like, well, you got where you are, now you don't care about anybody else. And so this happens in the industry. This probably happened in your industry as well. Not probably not just the aviation industry. Um, So I I looked at the list of the airlines and I'm going to give you the results that I found in just a moment. So let's take a look at the data uh, that's out there. Uh, I looked at, uh, let's see. So in the US, we have pretty much uh, 11, 14, 14 large airlines. Actually, it's 12 because there's Eastern Airlines, which is pretty new, and New Pacific Airlines, which is also very new, but they're really small airlines. But there's about uh 14, about 12 large airlines. And when when I looked at these airlines, some have as many as 15 executives and in when you have 15 executive and only one is a black person and most of your employees are probably black there's a problem but so there's 35 with that with those civilians about 35 ceos there are three who are black 11 who are minorities and uh 27 that are female, um, which I guess that's not too bad. twenty seven out of thirty five is actually really really good percent that are female. So the industry is um is recognizing that uh, you should have females at the at the helm. matter of fact, uh, there are two airlines that have females at the helm. Um, one of them is actually UPS. The female is Carol B. Uh, Tomei, and uh, she is the CEO of um, UPS. Now, the other airline that has a female CEO, and this is a recent one, is uh, JetBlue. And JetBlue has a female CEO. Her name is Joanna Garrity, and she's a president and CEO. There are also uh, eight um, female officers at JetBlue. Now, what I really wanted to point out in this post is there are, uh, what was my count? There are actually three people out of the 35 CEOs or executives uh, at uh, the US airlines, at the 12 US airlines, there are only three who are black and I will tell you who these three are there are let's start at American there's Cole Brown and uh Cole is the chief people officer at American and uh let's go down a little further JetBlue has Brandon Nelson. He's a general counsel and corporate secretary at JetBlue. And we have Brett J. Hart. He's is the president at United Airlines. Now at UPS, there is uh, Darrell Ford. He's the executive VP, chief human resource officer and chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. One of the problems that we have with the airline industry is that when they appoint, uh, sometimes when they appoint black uh, people to executive levels, they become the DEI, which is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer. Uh, in uh, when before the after uh, George Floyd got killed in twenty twenty. A lot of companies got diversity, equity, inclusion officers somewhere in their, in their, in their line. If you go back and check now, almost all of them are gone. And they will tell you that they've laid them off because, you know, cost cutting or whatever it is. But um, if this person is so important to your organization, just like anybody else that is important to the organization, you wouldn't lay them off, right? But a lot of them have been laid off. Uh, well, I don't have a lot, but some of them have been laid off. Uh, if we go look at uh, FedEx Express, and FedEx is divided in like five different companies, but another Black person is, actually there's two. There's a Mona Hood, who is president and CEO of FedEx Express. And there's also... Uh, Samuel Nesbitt, Senior VP of Operations, Canada and U.S. Stations. And and FedEx is broken up into, so there's FedEx Express, FedEx Corporate, FedEx Freight, FedEx Grant, FedEx International, FedEx Holistics, FedEx Services, FedEx DataWorks. So it's broken up uh, quite a bit. Now, um, I haven't looked at the regional airlines just yet, uh, but I will. There are about... mm, we're we looking at about one, about sixteen of those um, regional, regional airlines. But I, I wanted to bring this up and just give you to show you an idea of the the racial equity at the U.S. airlines is just not there when it gets to the executive level. Um, and some of it is because there isn't really some of them don't have mentorship programs that will take. Uh, minority individuals and, uh, you know, move them through the ranks. Um, and it's kind of sad and it's probably something that they need to address. I, I don't think they will, but there's probably something they need to address. But the same way how they can, when you, when you're trying to recruit someone, um, there are a lot of minorities out there that are looking to work in corporate. Um, they just need, um a mentor or someone to take their hand and say, okay, I'm going to bring you through the ranks and I'm going to make you a leader. Um, there are out there, um, but there's just no one who's championing the cause. And all these companies will say all kinds of stuff all the time. But when you look, and this is just public information, I just went to the websites and looked at the people in the executive and the, at the executive level. When you look at the people in the executive level, it does not reflect what you see when you walk to the airports every day in terms of uh, employees. And uh, I would—I haven't looked at the airports because the airports have management teams as well. Um, I did look at one time at the uh, hotels and the online booking agencies and all the travel-related things. And the picture was not picked pretty and I suspect that the picture has not changed and people have time to fix this um but I don't think they're willing to fix it and so uh when you travel and you know I I I employ I you I encourage you go and look at the executives that are running these companies in the travel space and you tell me if those exact the executive that you see there reflect what you see when you walk through the airport And the question should it reflect it I, I think it should And the reason is um, because of who I am I have a different perspective of how things work than others And so when the airlines make a decision, you need someone like me to be there and say look, this, is not, this may work for X number of people, but this is not going to work for others. I'll give you an example. In the Caribbean, we like hot sauce. I'm not a hot sauce fan, but most people like hot sauce. So when you go into the Caribbean, if you're going to serve meals, depending on where you want to go, you want to make sure that you have hot sauce, right? Um, if you don't have the hot sauce, then the people are not going to enjoy the meal. No matter how good you make the meals, you're going to throw them away because you don't have hot sauce. Now, how would you know that you need hot sauce for the Caribbean? You talk to somebody in the Caribbean or somebody in that decision-making mode would tell you that, wait a minute, you need hot sauce, right? Uh, Same thing in in any other ethnic or cultural markets that you go into, you need the people who... um, know the culture. I saw Denzel Washington say something um, and he said, it's not, it's not a color thing. It's a culture thing. Uh, It's the same reason why when you have a flight and you're going from to, to Europe, right? You want a German speaker if you go into Germany. Why? Because there are people on there who speak German and they may not understand English. Or even though you say it in English, It still doesn't make sense to them because it's culturally wrong. Same thing with the Caribbean. When you go to the Caribbean, you need Caribbean people on that plane. Because the Caribbean people on that plane, if somebody is fooling around, they know how to tell them to shut up and sit down in a Caribbean way, a way that they won't take offense and they will understand what they need to do. So it's the same thing at the executive level. You need people at the executive level who can bring a different flavor into the company. So your company represents the people that it serves. Uh, So think about it. This is my thought today. Uh, It's Black History Month in the US. And uh, this has been something that's been on my mind for a very long time. And so I wanted to share some statistics that I I went through just to get an idea of, um, of what's out there. The other story is I I, again another airline is weighing people and people are going up, people are going bonkers about it. This time it's Finnear. And the last time there was Air New Zealand and, uh, People, I know people are very sensitive about their weight, but the whole idea is that they're trying to figure out. Uh, people have changed over time, and they want to make sure that the airplane can take off. So what they're doing is they're surveying people randomly, and getting some weight measures so they can they can they can change it. Um, I don't know what the numbers are. Someone's saying it's one hundred and ninety or one hundred and seventy or something like that. What it is now, um, but I don't know what the numbers are now. Uh, but they want to make sure that, um, you know, the estimates are correct and the airplanes will take off safely. Uh, we have a lot of professionals behind the scenes that you don't see, which is why we don't you don't see issues because there are a lot of professionals whose job it is to make sure that your flight is safe. So when you see, people are always going to put headlines and say, oh, airlines are weighing people because they want you to click. And the reason why they want to click because, you know, they get revenue or stuff from the click. Um, however, it's just clickbait, right? Uh, the, the airlines know their customers better than you do. And so, um, you do have to think about that. So Finna is doing, is weighing, uh, I'm told that what they did, they actually emailed, uh, some of their customers and say, Hey, we're going to be weighing people. If you're coming to Helsinki this month, would you be okay with being weighed? And, you know, people are saying yes or no, whatever it is. So they're doing it really, really int- really nicely to do it. Um, when you see the headlines, you don't see the details. So every time I see somebody throw something out there in a headline, I'm always go, I want the details because I know something is missing. Something is always missing. Um, and so, you know, that's the kind of thing that's going on. The other thing is, uh, Turkish airlines just changed their, um, redemption awards and people are going crazy. The argument, uh, the term people use in the industry is uh, devalue. The airlines are devaluing their uh, frequent flyer points. Um, well, <laughs> the reason why they, why, why most of the times they do it, is, so, airlines. Each airline will have a different price because the number of miles is really a price, right? They'll have a different price for seats. Um, for a certain marketplace, the airlines cannot by law call up and say, Hey, airline A, um, can you tell me how much you're charging to go from X to Y? And they're like, Oh, okay, it's C dollars. They're like, Great, I'm going to charge C dollars too. They can't do that. Uh, that's called collusion and that's against the rules. But of course, it's all public, right? So you can see. That, hey, I'm charging $10 to go from X to Y, I'm gonna charge $10 too. And when you see the when you see the airfares out there, um the, the, the airlines have figured out how what, what makes sense to try. Now, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not defending anyone here. I'm just saying that everyone thinks the airlines are stupid. So then what people do, they say, oh, um, if i have if i'm like if i'm if i'm flying on turkish airlines the redemption awards are lower than if i'm flying on other partners in star alliance and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to transfer my points from my credit card over to turkish airlines and buy the ticket through turkish airlines because the award prices are different now i guess turkish airlines have, i mean everything is data driven right so they have probably seen a whole bunch of data coming through and saying, "Hey, people are booking a lot of these things and they're booking them for cheap." Well, I have a lot of I have a lot of um, uh, people out there with with uh, miles on their on the books. I would need them to get rid of those miles, and so you know what? I'm going to charge more, and so they decide we're going to charge more, and um, so now everyone is up in arms about devaluation and all that kind of stuff, folks. There would not be a problem if a lot of you didn't go telling, uh, talking about this devaluation or, or telling people, yep, it is cheaper if you do it on this and this rather than if you do a route using the Turkish miles rather than, say, using the Lufthansa miles because Lufthansa, yeah, for the same market, they'll probably charge more than Turkish Airlines would. Um, it's... Uh, I get it but a lot of people are doing it because they want people to come to their website and sign up for these credit cards right and then um go they get a bounty for it so they say hey you know because I gave you the information and I you know you, reciprocating you're going to click on my credit card deal but what you're doing is you're ruining the industry because now you're telling everybody about all the different secrets that all the different airlines have out there and if you didn't say anything it would be fine. It would be out there. And I think by now you all should realize that the airlines talk to each other. They do. They go to symposiums all the time, just like everybody else. And they talk to each other. So they know what's going on out there. They know that this guy at his website, he talks about my product all day long. You know, so they know. They know what's going on. So don't think they're stupid. I'll be with it. They're stupid. They're like, how come the airlines don't know it? They know. They know. So um, don't be upset when you hear they're changing how much they're charging um, for these redemption awards, uh, because it's your fault. You should have shut your mouth um, and just let it be. But anyway. This is not going to change. People are not going to shut up. They're going to keep talking because they want to be the cool person that told you that you can go from A to B, and instead of paying $30, you can pay $20, because I told you so, right? But anyway, um, that's my other pet peeve about about the industry. I guess I've been in the industry for too long, and I probably know more than I should about how the industry works. Um, But anyway so uh the other thing is that the max nine are flying again and the faa is kind of giving boeing a hard time about uh certification and boeing has actually taken um i guess hold of the situation and say look it's our fault we're gonna fix it and um they still haven't figured out exactly what happened yet but some of the rep- preliminary reports are saying that the bolts that were supposed to go in the door were actually not even there. And so they're um, they're trying to figure out, well, how could that have happened? Um, and everything is a quality control. And um, like I said before, at the beginning of all this uh, Alaska Airlines fiasco was um, the NTSB will figure it out and then they'll come out with a directive of what to do. and uh, But Boeing is, I think Boeing is trying to get ahead of it whereas they realize that they have issues they have a, because um, somebody's is uh, assembling the plane, bringing it, somebody's uh, making a part of the plane, bringing it to Boeing and Boeing's team is assembling it and then giving it to the customer. And somewhere between the time that, that the thing was made to the time it got delivered to the customer, it's breaking down somewhere between there. And so it's the responsibility of the person who made, who put together the parts and sold it to a customer to make sure that what they're selling is a good is a good thing. And I saw the statement from Boeing, and he said, pretty much, you know, we're we're gonna get our act together, and this is our fault. We're gonna fix it. And uh, but the investigation investigation is not over, and TSB hadn't issued a final report yet. So stay tuned. Um, meanwhile, you shouldn't have too many issues with uh, flight disruptions, although I think they're still checking out the seven thirty seven nine hundreds. And there's also another airplane, the 737 10, which is the MAX 10, um, that I think is undergoing certification. And so that's also under scrutiny. So lots of things are going on in terms of uh, Boeing, the FAA, and the MAX 9. And um, the final report is not out. So I think that is all that I have this week that's happening in travel for the week uh, if you get any questions let me know if you get any thoughts on the on any parts of this podcast please be please feel free to to let me know have a great week have a great weekend and uh, it's uh, i'm doing this on what's today February 8th so it's carnival season um all over the Caribbean and also in the United States uh, so watch out for traffic loads. This is Kerwin with What's Happening in Travel with Kushwan Kerwin. Have a great week. Have a great trip and talk to you soon.